love Jesus. I love church. I love being with the people of God. I love worshiping. I love praying. I love giving. I usually like preaching. Today it will be one of those days I'm going to enjoy. And it is a, it's just a delight to be with everybody. It really is. And again, for all those who are online, who are home, sick, or otherwise, we just want grace, grace to you. And as we already prayed for healing, may the abundance of God hit your home with healing uh, today in the name of Jesus. Well, um, again, I don't know what you guys' uh, holidays were like. For us, it was a bit unique. We only had one kid home for Christmas. Everybody say, oh, I mean, hey, since Abby was first born, that was our first time we only had, we had Christmas breakfast on the back porch with Laura and Caleb and I. Now, we were able to FaceTime in everybody, and we saw everybody right before Christmas, right after, every, every, right after Christmas. But kind of the highlight for us was right after Christmas, we went down to Florida and we did a mission trip. We partnered with Antioch, D.C., our church plant in Washington, D.C., and we did a little mission trip and hung out a couple of days in Florida after that. And, uh, but I wanted to just take you into those few days, a few people we met along the way to say that many times when we think mission trip, though we did all kinds of outreaches and serving the poor and caring for folks, it just gets down to the people that we meet along the way. Laura and I were at lunch one day and we um, met a waitress named April from Argentina. Just a, a beautiful young lady, 20 years old, but you could tell she was drawn to us. And we began to ask her about her life, and she had kind of left Argentina hoping for something in the big city, and it wasn't really working out in Miami, and she thought she was going to go do interior design then in New York. And, and we just had such a sense of, here's a prodigal daughter. Here's someone that needs Jesus to comfort her heart and put her on the right path. And so as she came back around, we asked her how we could pray for her. She said, let me think about it. And she went back for a little bit, came back and said, okay, you can pray for me now. And it was, there was a lull in the business at the moment. So uh, Laura wisely said, well, why don't we just ask God to speak to all of us? Rather than us just pray for you, why don't we ask God to speak to all of us? Do you believe in God? She said, well, kind of. I said, well, let's just, let's just see what he might say to us. So we prayed for this little waitress, and we, I said, what is God saying? And we said, did God speak anything to you? And she said, well, I, I don't know. And Lord said, well, what, what's happening? And she said, I feel like my heart's being hugged. I feel like my heart's being hugged. And we said, that's Jesus. I said, that reminds me of a scripture in Revelation 3.20. Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone opens the door, I will come in and dine with him and he with me. That's Jesus knocking at the door of your heart saying, just let me in. We were able to take a little piece of paper and draw out the diagram of the bridge. You're over here and God's over here and Jesus is in the middle and he wants to bring you to himself. We were able to give her little references and, and pointers and different things along the way, fold that up and give it to her as a, a blessing. She didn't uh, come to know the Lord in that moment, but that connection was an opportunity for her to see, experience Jesus, and, and have hope to get on the path that God had for her. Uh, a couple of days previous, we were at a, another restaurant, just at a, a taco shop, and met a young man named Camilo. Camilo uh, is in his 20s as well. He's come from Colombia. 
And um, he's just working in this taco shop, and he's again uh, had kind of left home looking for some better life in America. And uh, as we talked uh, with him a little bit, we, we all prayed. We said, hey, we're going to pray for you. And it was really busy in there. He said, yeah, whatever, whatever. So we pray for him. And everybody had the same sense. Everybody sensed from the Lord that this guy was a prodigal son that God wanted to bring back to himself. And he just shared the story of the prodigal son with him. So I waited for everybody to leave. And then I followed up with Camilo. And I wrote down the little reference in the Bible. We talked about the prodigal son. He was deeply moved by God. It was another little window just to connect him back to whom he was made for. And you could tell that it impacted his life. He'll never forget that moment. Another uh, 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 few days later, Laura and I were taking a couple days break and we're actually sitting at the pool and <laughs> at this hotel. And there's um, uh, uh, a lady from the East Coast. She engages us in conversation. We start talking to her. She's there with her mother, a very wealthy, successful lady, successful family. And she's just telling us about life and all that she's doing. And, and we find out in conversation that they're there because her, uh, they just lost uh, their, her father and this, uh, her mom lost her husband of 57 years. And as they talked about it, they began to tear up. And we just talked to them about the comfort of God, the, the comfort of Jesus, and how he wants to be with us even in the midst of our pain. And he goes beyond words. And, and though I think they were familiar with the gospel and the goodness of Jesus at one level, they were in such pain. And, and we were able just to gather around them and pray for them. And tears flowed. And they were like, I, I, we can't believe that you're here, we, that God sent you to us in our time of need. And it was just another beautiful moment, just a little touch of helping people find God, find God in the midst of the craziness. But the, the last little story I want to share was our way to the airport. We're, we're leaving Florida, and we're in the, with the Uber driver, and we ask about his life, and he talks about um, a, a motorcycle accident he had nine years ago where he had seven fractures in his back, and it's miraculous that he's survived, able to work, able to drive. He was a Cuban background and come to America as well. And, um, and he's, he's talking along. He said, do you know that I actually um, died during that process? They had to hit the defibrillators twice in this month's period of time as I was going through uh, trying to survive this uh, motorcycle accident. And I said, well, hey, I've heard of people that have had experiences like meeting God when they die and come back to life. Did you have an experience like that? And he was like, I can't believe you asked. He said, I, 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 I don't often tell this story, but he said, yes. And I said, well, what, what happened? And he said, well, I, I, when, when I died, they said that I was out for a couple minutes. And he said, it was like the sky was, he said, you see this guy right now, how blue it is? He starts getting animated and as we're driving. He says, you see the blue sky? It was that blue, it was perfectly clear. And he said, I, I was like, I was in the, in the sky and this glowing white figure in white robes starts coming to me, but I can't see his face, but I hear his voice. And he starts tearing up. He said, it's the sweetest voice I've ever heard. He said, and the voice said to me, my son, don't worry. It's going to be okay. And he said, I didn't know who he was, but I knew I wanted to be with him. And he said, as I drew near, I kept trying to see his face, but I couldn't see his face because it was shining so brightly. And we're sitting there like, wow, wow, this is Jesus. And, I, and he said, and then another figure shows up larger than the figure with the glowing face. And then I see wings come out. And 
he also says, fear not, it's going to be okay. And he reaches out and touches me. And I feel an electricity go through my body. And he said, I can feel it right now as we're telling the story. And he said, I've talked to Christian friends of mine. They said, that's an angel. <laughs> and we're, we're in it, man. We're in it in the Uber. We're like, whoa, I mean, God's real. And revealing something to this guy. And then as he begins to explain a little bit more of his life, brokenness and uh, brokenness with church and religion and challenges along the way, it had all become a bit fuzzy to him. And we once again with him reiterated, this is a divine moment. God has brought us to tell you that this is that. And I took out one of the little tracks I had on the back. I wrote Revelation 1. That's the Jesus who glows with white robes uh, in the glory of his face. Revelation 1, Isaiah 6. There's this guy named Isaiah that met Jesus in the same way in his glory as you just did. I gave him our website. I gave him other little things and, and everything that we could. And, and he said, you know, since I've had that experience with God, he said, said, I can't explain it to people, but I just know things about people. And, and, I, and he said, when you walked up, he said, I saw a glowing cross over your face. And he said, I thought this guy must be a pastor. And he said, I see things like that. I can't tell other people, but what is that? And I said, dude, you are not far from the kingdom. Just do it, man. Just get saved. I don't know what else we can do for you from here. But isn't that amazing? So here's what I would say, my takeaway from the mission trip or vacation is that God's moving everywhere if we would just open our eyes. If we would just engage who's in front of us and be present and recognize God's goodness because God's always in the midst of bringing people to himself. He's always trying to connect people to the story that everybody's made for. And if you're wondering, what is that story? We got the big diagram. Let's throw it up. Remind everybody, what is the big story of God for all of us? I think we got it. There we go. All right, here's the big story. And every person in this room online, all of you are a part of this story. Created by God in his image. The fall, that's called sin. Sin came into the world. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. God begins the journey through the scriptures, through Abraham and Israel, describing his glory and the hopes that he has for mankind. But because we could not get there on our own, God brings his own son. Jesus comes to the earth. Jesus comes. He is the centerpiece of history. You miss Jesus, you miss everything. He is the centerpiece of history. He is the centerpiece of your heart. He's the centerpiece of your need. He's the centerpiece of your desires. He's the centerpiece of your problems that needing solving. Jesus is everything, his death, burial, and resurrection. Then he ascends to the Father and he sends the Holy Spirit and a people is birthed called the church who then become the display of his glory. We are housing the presence of the living God as born again people, sons and daughters of God. We are the ambassadors for God. Whatever hosts we have for our city are housed among the people of God who house the glory of God by the appointment of God so that all things might be restored. When we want unity, we want all things to be made new, we want problems to be solved. It is Jesus through his church by the Holy Spirit that is trying to restore all things to himself. 
And every little thing that we do when we tell somebody, here's the Father, when we comfort somebody, when we pray for somebody, when we care for somebody, when we serve someone, it brings them more into the way that they were made, that restoration of God. And then one day, and it may be this year, who knows, Jesus will either break through the clouds and return again, or we will take our last breath and we will see him face to face and we'll be with him forever if we know him in this life. So the decision that you need to make again today or for the first time today is to come to Jesus and the fullness of his death, burial, and resurrection to let him fill you with his Holy Spirit that you might get back in line with how he created you for his glory because his intention is to restore all things. And that, that's a great story. I mean, and the reason it's such a great story because it's 100% true. And everything in and about it in us once and is longing to be connected and reconnected to the story of God. Well, big story, but then we've got little old us today. So let's go to the next slide. We've got, you are here. We are here. It's 2022. And some of you guys think we're closer to the new heavens and the earth. Some of y'all think we're farther away. That's not about today's message, but here we are. It's 2022. What is God saying? Now, again, I just want to say, I know that God's speaking to you individually. I know there's family things that God's speaking, and there's uh, other things that God's speaking to other churches here in our community, but we have a responsibility as the Antioch community. What is God speaking to us in 2022? Well, how we usually do this journey is we went throughout the fall, we asked people to give us feedback on what do you think God's saying? People sent scriptures, people sent visions, people sent dreams. We asked not only here in our local congregation, but we asked our uh, U.S. churches where we have 45 different U.S. churches around the United States. We have 120 works in 48 different nations around the world. We ask our leaders in the nations of the earth, everybody give us input. We had thousands of data input, scriptures, words and everything. We collated all that, pulled it all together. And I want to just unpack for you the rest of the morning. What do we feel like God's saying to us as the Antioch people that work here and around the world? And what is God saying to us for Antioch Waco right here? The first thing that I want to say is this, is that we believe with all of our hearts, the Lord, the scripture and the, uh, the illustrations that God gave us from the Queen Mary, which I'll re-explain in just a moment, that idea of going from a cruise ship to a troop carrier to for the glory of God, for the church to come alive again, to be all her, she's called to be, to reach the world for Jesus, we are to get back on, stay on, on that ship, stay on that boat. And that one-year word that God gave us in 2021 is a five-year word through 2025. We are, for the next five years, we're one year into it, we are going to take this piece that God has given us about the Queen Mary, about being retrofitted, about being conscripted, about being surrendered to Jesus and set sail for what he has for us as a people. And that will make sense a little bit more in a moment. Key scriptures, again, very familiar to us, but let me reiterate these again. Acts 1, 8. This was the last thing that Jesus declared to his people. Always a good thing to know. You know, if you were going to um, die today and you had your kids around the table or your family, what would be the last thing you would say? This is the last thing that Jesus said to us before he ascended to the Father. Acts 1, 8. He said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, 
in the uttermost parts of the earth. So Jesus, his last words are, could have been about all kinds of things. Could have been about eternity, could have been about heaven, could have been about hell, could have been about prayer. But he said, you're going to receive power because you're going to need it. Right? That's what he wanted them to know. Hey, you're going to need power and I'm providing that through the Holy Spirit so that you can be a witness, so that you can both receive of my goodness and you can give out my goodness everywhere that you go all the time. I'm not sending power for a moment. I'm sending power for a lifetime. I'm not sending power just for a location. I'm sending it for all locations. Wherever you go, I'm sending the power of the Holy Spirit. Another key scripture, again, very familiar to all of us, Isaiah 54, uh, 2 and 3. We've mentioned it so many times, but I have no problem repeating it again today. Enlarge the place of your tent, Antioch. Stretch out the curtains of your dwelling. Spare not. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your pegs. If you'll spread abroad to the right and the left, your descendants will possess nations and resettle the desolate cities. So let's review the word from 2021, what God spoke, what, what, we, what we did in response to that, and then go forward for 2022. Okay, we good? All right, so back to this Queen Mary thing, which most of you should be familiar with. But it comes from a, a dream that I had a, a while back, and in the dream, I am looking out over the Atlantic Ocean, and I'm um, um, uh, in this scene um, uh, kind of in New York Harbor. I'm looking out of the Atlantic Ocean and I'm just saying, oh Lord, you're just awesome. And in the dream, I feel the Lord speaks to me so clearly. I'm conscripting the Antioch movement, the Antioch people for such a time as this. And I'm like, wow, that's an interesting word, conscription. And we've been unpacking that again. So I won't spend a lot of time there, except all that it means is I'm asking the Antioch people to be fully surrendered to me fully consecrated to me so I can do all that I want to do in and through them. That simple. I'm conscripting the Antioch people to surrender and to be fully in. And then I wake up and I have a, a, a vision of the a boat called the Queen Marion. And I had a vision of it going from London to New York and a picture something like this. So you got to realize, I don't know anything about this. I'm having this picture of the Queen Mary. And I said, I'm thinking, what is the Queen Mary? The Queen Mary was a cruise ship during the 1930s that was conscripted by the Allied forces and retrofitted into a troop carrier that would eventually take 400,000 troops out to five different continents to win the war, and they would bring 400,000 troops back. This is the world record number of troops going across on one ship, 16,833 people they uh, put on that cruise liner that used to carry 3,000 people. So there's amazing things, but the simplicity of the message is this, is Jesus is the king and the church is the queen. Mary in scripture was the conscripted one and that's who we're to be. We are to go from a cruise liner Queen Mary to a troop carry Queen Mary so that we might rescue people uh, from uh, destruction, that we might see his glory go wherever uh, God would lead, and we might be a part of this moment in history to see his kingdom come and his will be done. So in its simplicity, we said yes to that. We said, Lord, conscript us and retrofit us. So here's a few things I want to just mention from 2021. God called us to strengthen our life groups, regather everybody, and comfort and care for one another. The troops have to be healthy in order to move forward. So we said, all right, who are we after the bomb of 2020? (laughs) Who's around in 2021? And so we literally just said, all right, who's out here? Who's 
Who's still with us? And where, where, where is everybody? And are we meeting together? And what does that look like? We spent a lot of time just kind of coalescing the call, we, we said. And my hope is that you got connected during that journey. And if you didn't, 2022 is the time. And I'll talk about that in a moment. The other thing we did was we spent a lot of time repenting and responding to what God was speaking. When a ship is retrofitted, it needs to change. It needs to change from one form to another. If you know what retrofitting a ship is, you take out all the luxury stuff and then you put in just the utilitarian stuff. You literally take out what's not needful and you replace it with what is needful. And so in the pruning of 2021, I would say for Laura and I, we searched our own hearts and said, God, is there anything in us that's baggage, that is not needful, that is not, not helpful for our lives. Let's just get rid of it. Let's narrow our own lives. Is there any feedback that we've gotten from others? Ways that we need to change in our leadership or as a church or as a community? Let's respond wholeheartedly to God. God, is there anything that you're pruning that we're doing that's in excess that we don't need to be doing anymore? Let's just let it go. Because here's the deal. When God is pruning you, he has one intention in mind, and that is that you might be more fruitful. Anybody felt pruned in 2021? All right, okay, all right. So wherever you're being pruned, instead of resisting the pruning, pause in the pain and ask God, why are you pruning me? What is it that I need to know to respond to? Because I know you only have one goal and that's that I might bear more fruit. Instead of becoming bitter about the pruning, take it as a blessing and you'll find fruitfulness in the future. So God prunes us that we might bear more fruit. And that's, we are in a great position to bear more fruit. And in the midst of that, a couple of phrases that we owned in 2021 as a community was this, it's not too late, it's time. As I said, the most angry I got in 2020 was a particular two or three weeks where people came to me with this phrase, it's too late. Too late for me, it's too late for you, it's too late for my marriage, it's too late for Antioch, it's too late for whatever. And there was a righteous anger. If it's too late, then we're all done. If it's too late for you, then, you're, then, then we're all done. If it's too late for you to be forgiven, if it's too late for you to change, if it's too late for God to do something great, if it's too late, then there is no resurrection. There is no gospel of forgiveness. There is no resurrection. There's no hope for the future. Listen, if I'm still breathing, it's not too late. It's not too late to make it right. It's not too late to change. It's not too late to move forward. It's not too late for hope. It's not too late for help. The resurrected Jesus is alive every day and he moves with people that believe in him. And that does not mean that we don't live with the consequences of sin or problems or brokenness. That, that is a part of life. But it's never too late for the heart of the man or woman who looks to Jesus by faith. It's not too late. It's time. Woo, I love that, all right. Another phrase that we really hung on to is this. People were saying, I need God to help me. I need God to help me in my finance. I need God to help me in my family. I need God to help us in the unity thing. I need God to help us in this. And I got, I got to thinking, I don't need help. I need God to take over. We don't need a little bit of help. God, would you just help me a little bit? One of the things I'm trying to extract from my vocabulary, from my prayer life fully is the word just. Lord, would you just bless my family? 
I don't want a just blessing. I want a full blessing. Lord, would you just forgive me? I don't want to just be forgiven. I want to be fully forgiven. God, would you just get, get that out of your vocabulary, man? I don't need a little bit of help. I need God to take over every area of my life. When we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done, we're not asking for a little. We're asking for the rule and reign of Christ. That's not a little. That's the fullness of God. Come rule and reign. We're not looking for some help. We're looking for you to take over. So in the retrofitting of our hearts and the retrofitting of our homes and the retrofitting of our church, the retrofitting of our city and, and the retrofitting of our nation that has gone on in 2021, it is, it is our response to God that actually sets us up for 2022. And the best we know before God, we've responded. Not fully, of course. It's never fully complete, but we know that God has spoken. We've responded what, the best way we know. So here we go in 2022. So Lord, what is the course correct? In this five-year kind of Queen Mary journey, what is the next thing you're saying? What do we need to know from you? Well, I'll take you back to a couple months ago in the middle of asking God about 2022. Um, I get up this particular morning, and we're going to be meeting as a staff to uh, spend t uh, extended time worship, praying, and waiting on God about what he's saying to us. And I wake up with this thought that I'm just musing over. It's not like I would wake up and said, I think God spoke to me. It was just this kind of reflective thought. I wonder what the engine room or the boiler room of the Queen Mary was like. Because you see, the Queen Mary was the fastest ship on water of its size. The reason it never got blown out of the water by the U-boats of the Germans or the Japanese, it wasn't for lack of effort. Hitler literally gave $250,000 a reward for anybody that could blow the Queen Mary out of the water because it was carrying so many troops. They never could get her because she was too fast. So what kind of power, I was thinking, what kind of power does it take for a ship to be that fast it can outrun a U-boat torpedo and to be that big. I thought that must be awesome. So I'm just having this thought. I go to our prayer time. After the prayer time, I'm walking across the street and uh, there's a gal named Stephanie Abazier who helps lead a lot of our revival prayer. Uh, she's in med school right now and she uh, down in Galveston. And uh, but she was here that day and um, I'm walking out and I see Stephanie. I said, uh, she said, what's going on? I said, I'm just thinking about the Queen Mary engine room. And she said, oh, wow, well, let me tell you about it. And I said, what? She said, I had a dream about the engine room, the boiler room of the Queen Mary. And we'll use that synonymously, though, you engineers. I know there's more technicality than that. We're just going to use the boiler room for engine room, okay? All right. So she said, let me tell you about this dream. She said, in this dream, I saw me and my friends down in the engine room of the Queen Mary. And it was like we were working in unison. We were putting fuel in the fire. And we were going back and forth. And there was such unity and such joy. And then we would do shifts every four hours. And then we would just keep on doing it. But all the joy was in the engine room of the Queen Mary. And we knew that what, we, what, what was going on is we were affecting everything that was going on up top. But what was going on down below was more joyful and more powerful than even what was going on up top of the, of the boat. She said, I think God's speaking to us about intercession and prayer like never before, that if we have this huge calling to, to touch our city, to touch the world, to transform families, whatever it is, then the, the engine room is paramount for this thing to sail. And I was like, wow, that's really good. So I'm thinking about that. I go to another meeting two hours later, and Colby Lehman, who's our corporate prayer pastor, I said, Colby, what's going on? He said, hey, I got in the car to come to this meeting, and I had this thought in my mind. I wonder what the engine room or the boiler room of the Queen Mary's like. 
And I said, really? I didn't tell him. I said, what did you, what do you think? He said, I feel like the Lord said it's paramount that we attend to this engine room piece as prayer and worship intercession for this year. I mean, that we've got to figure this out like never before. And he said, so I've been listening to documentaries on it. There's different ones. And I've been listening over the last couple hours over and over again, trying to understand what does that look like and what does that work like? And he said, they had four hour shifts and they had, he's going to tell me similar things that Stephanie and I was like, wow, I think God's trying to speak. I mean, I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer, but every once in a while, it appears to me that God might be trying to say something. So we were like, okay, so we go to this leaders meeting and we're, we're trying to unpack 2022. Well, suffice to say, if I was to, to, to say and declare, what do I feel like God, what do we feel? And I'm not just me, the elders and our teams and our leaders, what do we feel like God's saying to Antioch 2022? And that is this, ignite the boiler room. Full steam ahead. Ignite the boiler room, full steam ahead. I hope it translates, but let me, for those who are a little slow, let me help you out here. That is, that underbelly, what was going on under the water was more important than what was going on above the water. The ones who see, who set the course direction up time on the bridge, they would have that little tube. You've seen it on movies where they go full steam ahead, 20 knots, 30 knots, you know the deal? That pipe that they go down to the, to the uh, engine room and then that, those guys fire it up according to what the captains are saying to go the direction wise. There's a deep connection going on here, but it's what goes on below the water line that empowers the ship to sail in the direction that it's intended. And I would say this, it's time to ignite the boiler room in your own heart. Wherever God's taking you, whatever God has for you, it is dependent on that devotional space that nobody sees below the waterline, your own word, worship and prayer. It's paramount for you to be on that course that God has for you. As a family, that prayer and worship, I, I, uh, uh, it was just so paramount for us and our kids, family devotions. And we were talking to Sean and Shannon Jones, our youth pastors, which I just want to commend them to you. Our youth are just amazing, our youth pastors. But they had all their kids in town and they, they spent a lot of time worshiping. And the kids were saying, this is our favorite spot to be worshiping as a family. Just all of our childhood memories now, as they're now young adults, are of worshiping together as a community, as a family. There's boiler room in our hearts, boiler room in our families, boiler room in our life groups. So wherever you are connected as a community, are you praying? Are you guys worshiping, interceding? Light the fire, man. It's not enough to get a little bit of help. It's not enough to just be a little connected these days. You guys, there are hurricanes going on out there. Above the water, there are hurricanes and we are acting like business as usual. No, that boiler room needs to be lit up and on fire in our hearts, our homes, our life groups, and for us as a corporate community, we're praying, you know, we've been doing this more and more praying every service, but corporately, and I'll, I'll roll this out here in just a moment, of where we're going to be going here in the next 22 days. But let me just say, um, suffice to say this, you guys, that in the end, the call has always been for the church to be a praying church. Jesus said that my house shall be called a house of prayer for all the nations, but how many churches do you know that pray? that really pray, not just talk about it, not just think about it, but actually pray. And what if we actually 
took the fullness of it, not just a little bit of it this year? What if we actually bent in, and I think God's giving us every invitation in the world, every exhortation in the world, and we're going to go for it. And this is going to be joy. It says in Isaiah that there'll be joy in the house of prayer for the people of God. We are going to have fun with this. It is going to be delightful, and it, and it is a sacrificial, but the sacrifice is such joy because of the fruit is so powerful for those who pray. So, Amen. And here's the other thing, I'll just say this, that any ship where the engine room is not alive and well is dead in the water. If that boiler room is not working in the hearts of man, hearts of a family, hearts of a community, hearts of a church, we will miss it. Tonight, we are going to have a consecration service to kick off um, what I'll share in a moment again is it's 22 days of prayer and fasting. But I want to invite you to come and be a part of it. We're going to worship. We're going to pray hour and a half or so, six, starting at 6.30. And we're going to have a consecration prayer. And there is one other little piece I need to add to this, if you'll allow me to be ADD for a moment. Um, and that is that what are the key issues that we're going to be praying about as we ignite the boiler room and launch out together? And there's two keys that I want to make note of. And it comes from another uh, experience that we had uh, that I'll share tonight. But I want to say it this way. In my perspective, prophetically, as we look at America, as we look at the Western world specifically, it is like 1972 again. In 1972, America had three big things going on. Vietnam War, just trying to close up. What a mess that was. You... Um, had Watergate, the beginning of the mistrust of leaders and political leaders. You had the sexual revolution taking all restraints off. Those were the beginning of the deliberations for Roe versus Wade, which would be officialized in 73. And who knows, this may be the year that there would be a constraint on that. But there were, there were among other things, there were race issues, political issues, there were war issues, there were sexual issues. It was all kind of out of control. In the middle of 1972, something happened called Explo 72. And what it was, was leaders from the body of Christ, led by Billy Graham, Bill Bride, others, they gathered, said, let's gather young people at the Cotton Bowl in Dallas, Texas, and let's believe God for this move of God that was already starting among young people to be coalesced and then sent out to touch our nation and the nations of the earth. And you can see on the front page of newspapers and magazines, these 100,000 people, predominantly young people, in the Cotton Bowl in 1972, holding up these lights, saying, God, would you light us a fire for our generation for the glory of God? 1972, there was all kinds of evil unleashed. 1972, God was raising up a potent church, a potent people for the glory of God. And I believe we're in that same moment. So if you take 72 to 2022, that's 50 years. So again, for all you uh, thinkers out there, 50 years has just two biblical things. 50 is Pentecost. So we're believing God for Pentecost. We're asking, come Holy Spirit, ignite the boiler room. Come on, bring the fire of God. And 50 years is also Jubilee. It's the year of Jubilee. What was the year of Jubilee? Just a very short version. Jubilee is where all debts were forgiven. The Israelites who enslaved themselves, enslaved one another, who sinned like crazy against each other, every 50 years God would say, time out, everybody gets to be forgiven, everybody gets a clean slate, everybody gets a free card so that you have strength and power to do it differently in the future. Isn't that amazing? 
the gospel was, distrib- was clearly communicated through Jubilee every 50 years. So here's what I want to say to us, Antioch. For us to go forward, to ignite the boiler in our hearts, there's two things that need to happen. We need a new visitation of the Holy Spirit, Pentecost, God come in power, and we're going to be seeking the Lord uh, in that way. And God, we, and, and it is a time to cancel all debts. Whoever you didn't plan on forgiving, forgive them now. Whatever you need to let go of, let go of it. Whoever you need to let go of financially, whatever you need to let go of for whatever they've done to you, this, that, or the other, it's time to get rid of the judgments. It's time to get rid of the anger. It's time to get rid of the angst because you need strength to go forward. And listen, you can pray and fast all you want, but if your heart's not clean with God, you're blocking the grace of God. Remember that the Jesus, after the Lord's Prayer, he says, if you don't forgive others, I won't forgive you. We block the grace of God, not because we're not spiritual in the sense that we're willing to pray and even fast, but our hearts are clogged with our own junk. We've picked up the spirit of the age and we've got to throw it off. It is Jubilee and Pentecost that brings power for the word of the Lord for 2022. And I got more notes than time as always. So let me break it down. So how are we going to do this? One, two, three, four. You got to listen quick and then we'll wrap it up. How are we going to do this? Number one, we talked about the troops staying healthy. We got to get healthy and stay healthy. So what point one? And as a part of that, Isaiah 54 promise to to strengthen the pegs and to strengthen our families, strengthen our hearts, strengthen our lives, we're going to continue through 1 Corinthians, yet for us series, literally going through chapter by chapter. We're going to be going through chapters 12 through 14. And just by the sovereignty of God, it just happens to land in the power and gifts of the Holy Spirit through the love and um, grace of God. So we are going to be going through who is the person of the Holy Spirit? What is the work of the Holy Spirit? What is the power of the Holy Spirit look? like, and we'll continue to march through our Yet For Us series. We said it was going to be 10 months in September. It's going through December. We're going to, because we're, we're only on 1 Corinthians. We got to go to 2 Corinthians next. So we're going to keep marching through the scriptures because the scripture is our anchor for our soul, for all of life. Even if there is an emphasis on the boiler room, on prayer, worship, and intercession, there's the consistent anchor of scripture so we can dress all of life along the way. So we've got, we're going to get healthy and we're going to stay uh, healthy. The second key piece is we talked about ignite the boiler room through word, worship, and prayer. We've already communicated this out in a lot of ways, but I just want to invite you one more time. For the next 22 days, we're setting aside 22 days of fasting and prayer. It begins with a consecration service tonight, and then it will end with a celebration service on January 30th in the evening as well. And in between there, there is daily offerings of places to come up to our prayer room and pray through Jesus Hour and other emphasis. And they will be emphasizing praying for a Pentecost and praying for Jubilee. We're going to be praying forgiveness and, and reconciliation, unity, and we're going to pray power and cleansing and the grace of God. Show up somewhere. And if you say, well, these aren't the best hours for me, you can uh, communicate to our prayer room and come in and get one of those open slots in the prayer room. Bring your life group. Don't be disengaged in this hour. We're inviting everybody to fast, whether it's one day or 22 days. You can do juice, you can do water, you can do vegetable fast, you can do a sweet fast, you can do a medium fast, but fast something. Everybody get rid of something to get some space for God. And if we do that corporately, we will see God move in a powerful way. And I love that Dylan is exhorting the city to fast and pray because we were already one step ahead of him. We were already there. All right, so we're with you. Uh, We're all in. 22 days, you guys will see that rolled out. There's a QR code 
popping up real quick for you as well. Everybody, this is, now lift your phone. Yeah, this is not, that's, it, I, that is a bit prophetic like worship. You lift your phone. Uh, but this is unto Jesus. Lift your phone. There you go. All the details are in there for 22 days. <clears throat> Can I just say this to everybody? This isn't a time to pull back or pull out. Whatever it is and wherever you are, push in. Just, just lean in with us on this. Give God another chance. Give community another chance. Give your heart another chance. Give your family another chance. Lean in, fast and pray with us. So we got that point three. And there's only four of them. Equip and empower the next generation. Isaiah 54, three says this. You'll spread abroad the right and left. Your descendants will possess nations and resettle desolate cities. I want to say, man, if uh, there is an incredible move of God happening among our kids. People, little kids are coming to Jesus every Sunday. Uh, and then what's happening is they're also being challenged to share with their friends. I love uh, this uh, one story that a mom sent. She said, our sweet Karis is applying what she's sharing from her big sister's example, who had just given her life to the Lord as well uh, through our children's ministry. She shared the gospel today with a neighbor kid who likes to come over to play. She walked him through a track step by step, shared with him about how to do jam time, which Jesus and me, devotionals, which we have all our kids do, gave him a Bible to take home. I love my girl, praying for Jesus and this whole family to come to follow Jesus. This is a second grader that's sharing the gospel, walking their neighbor through a track, giving them a Bible, and teaching them how to spend time with Jesus. Hey, our kids are leading us, and you will see, as you hopefully did during the Christmas holidays, we're going to have more kids up here reading scripture, involved with us, helping pray over people. We are getting our kids and youth involved, and let alone the power of God moving through our college group, our young adults. This is a, a moment in history, like 1972, where God is calling young people, from the little guys uh, to young adults, to be empowered and um, ignited again, or for the first time, for the glory of God. It's a moment in history for our young people, and we're going to shift and press into them and invite them into the fullness in the middle of everything we're doing. The last one, again, which won't surprise you, we are repurposing for mission again. And uh, the thing about that is this, is that I don't know if you found out in your own life, but I have to constantly repurpose myself to be missional. It doesn't just happen naturally. The gravitational pull is to take care of me, my, and I. The missional focus takes the power of the Holy Spirit and a focus on others. And we are repurposing to the mission of God. Our outreach here in the city, if you guys heard the stories we were telling over Christmas time, we've launched a church in our uh, local jail here. And so every other Sunday, there's a men's service and a women's service. Actually, there's two services going on, uh, not just at the same time, but back-to-back -back services. We've seen a couple of hundred people give their lives to Jesus who have been incarcerated. Or, or in, 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 and we talked about that. You said, well, golly, if I was in jail, maybe I'd be desperate enough too. Can I just say, whatever bondage you're in right now, you're in jail. And if you don't see the need, if it takes bars to let you see that need, then you're missing the conviction of the Lord. We need to come out from behind those bars, and we need to find Jesus again. And I'm so thankful that we've launched this jail church that's going on uh, in our midst. Um, uh, obviously, our work continues with Unbound. Our stars is kicking back up, our mentoring and reading to kids. Next week, we're going to pray for our teachers uh, and, and uh, send them out. 
uh, because they need it like never before. We already prayed for our teachers and administrators, but we're going to be praying over all our teachers, so please bring your teacher friends next week, especially if they don't know the Lord. It's a great environment to be in. We're going to pray, send our teachers out, um, and bless them. Uh, because God is working through that in our STARS program. If you're looking at a way to volunteer and connect to the hearts of kids in our community, especially Waco ISD, we are in it. All we need is people willing to do 30 minutes a week to read to a kid, care for them, and carry them in your hearts. We're continuing our outreach locally, etc. I could say so much more, but I'll, I'll just uh, end with this. You know, what I love about what we're called to do is when we align our hearts to the Word of the Lord, we've got this five-year word Go from a cruise liner to a tree carrier. Come on, Antioch, wake up. Come on, you're like the Queen Mary, the battle is on. People need rescuing. People need us in this hour. Let's push in and be a part of what God's doing. But what I love about the gospel is it doesn't just touch wherever there is. It touches right here. And I just got off the phone this morning with Jason Ramos. He got home last night from the Dominican Republic. And Jason, his brother John, and Isaac, another uh, leader in our midst, they have been investing in a group of uh, South Waco Little League kids. And they've been investing in them for years. And when these kids get to high school, they're going um, mainly to university, but also La Vega and Conley. Uh, what they do is they keep investing in the kids. So in the baseball offseason, they keep training them and, and caring for them. And every, every uh, uh, couple of times a year, they offer trips to go with them to Dominican Republic. And so they're loving these kids, teaching them baseball, ministering to their families. And, uh, you know, people are always being connected to Jesus. But it doesn't always um, end in salvation, but it always ends in an expression of the glory of God. So Jason takes this group of 16 boys uh, to the Dominican Republic. I think we've got a picture of the crew. And uh, so there they are. And these guys go and they do sports camps. And in the camps at the very end, Jason, John, or Isaac, or one of the boys that knows the Lord, they share the gospel. So these kids that uh, are, they've been training, who they've been exposing to Jesus, who some of them don't even know Jesus, come and they do the sports camp. And then they take, took a cross and they walked through the city of Santiago. So these baseball guys that some of them don't even know Jesus yet are just in the flow. All right, we're walking with the cross through the church. They get to see the power of sharing the gospel, the power of healing, the power of the grace of God. And Jason shared with me the greatest joy was they had a, a day off and they went up to this water fountain, mountain, mountain area where there was this waterfall. And he said, they kept having to tell everybody, hey, watch your step. It's more slippery than you think, watch your step. He said, we got to the top, we gathered over around. And I said, you know, I've been saying the whole time, watch your step, because I don't want you to fall. I don't want you to get hurt. And, and I don't want anybody to die, to fall over the side. He said, but I, I want you to know that it's not just about watching your steps. It's about somebody holding your hand. And where are you today? Are you, are you in the hands of Jesus? You've seen the power of God. You've seen the love of God. Do you know Jesus? It's not just watching your step trying to be good. You need God. You need somebody to hold your hand. You need somebody to carry you through. Where are you at with Jesus? It's now time to give everything to Jesus. And as they shared that with these boys up on this mountain, three of those young men that didn't know Jesus, just tears, the whole deal, pouring their hearts out. They are in the kingdom. And what I love about that story is this, is our calling is to the neighborhood, but our calling is also to the nations. And when people often say, well, if we just do the mission, then do we miss the intimacy with God? Absolutely, it's all together on the mission you see Jesus. 
And in the mission, you get to be a part of all that God's doing. And so my encouragement is jump on the boat. Jump on the boat in 2022. Fire up the boiler room of your heart, your home, of this community. And let's watch God do amazing things. Who knows? If we fully obey God in 2022, this could be the year that he comes back. Who knows? But at the very least, what I do know, he will come back to my heart, my home, this house, in a powerful way that we've never experienced before if we are home.